Hi, this is Emily the Songbird, and it's been a while since I've done a podcast. I've actually been doing a little mini podcast on the local radio station, which I've been greatly enjoying, And but I have had a sense that it's time to come back and to speak on my own podcast about things that are going on in um, my life and my own observations and experiences. So I have been on this road for a while of what I call finding your song. And this process is about really loving the unique being that you are. Um, I recently wrote and um, was asked to publish a, an article ca- called uh, Singing Your Way Home in a in the Psychological Perspectives Journal out of LA. Uh, it was a really wonderful synchronicity that happened. I, um, through Alignable Online, I was, somebody had seen my work, which was really astounding to me, my work. They saw me as more than a music teacher and sought me out to write this article. And uh, within a week, I wrote about my uh, experience of how music has led me into deeper wisdom and deeper love for myself and um, a vibrational shifts to align with the truth of who I am. It was quite magical. I actually interviewed the, um, the man uh, named Tom on, um, on my YouTube channel. I was trying to get him on the podcast, but we couldn't figure out the technology that particular day. So anyway, um, he's a local Jungian, um, psychotherapist in Santa Barbara and a former teacher at Pacifica University. And it was a wonderful experience. So I've had the podcast going on the radio and I've had this article, which is, you know, all comes from the intention of bringing my song out in the world, bringing my light out in the world. However, today I want to talk about the challenges of that. Of, and I'm going to use the vehicle of music and performing, but it could be any way that we bring our light out into the world as light workers or as empaths or highly sensitive people we are oftentimes um, more prone to hiding out within gathering you know opening ourselves up to be a channel and then when the moment comes to come out and share you know the song the poem the speech the you know whatever our vehicle is the artwork to express our own channeling that's going on in our unique essence and so I have um, I discovered through my teaching that I still have really strong tendencies towards performance anxiety that I've had throughout my journey. It was what really led me on this journey. And so I was really wanting to, as I, as I wrote, began to write this new body of work about amplifying your love song to the world, that I was really wanting to alchemize and transform this anxiety. And things happened very quickly. This, this article came about, this podcast came about where I'm actually coaching the, 
the um, producer of this radio show um, in using my Odyssey program. So he's now finding his song and he's writing a song and it's just an exciting process. But, um, but yesterday I found myself right up against that anxiety again. And so today I want to talk about gigs and growing pains on the, on the musical creative path. So I was invited to, um, from a, a, um, client of mine who actually went through my Odyssey program to come and do a gig for a memorial yesterday. And it was, um, I didn't know this man, but he, I didn't know this man, but I was getting out there and playing a lot. I was playing in gatherings in the park. I played at parties with others. I was playing um, now at three senior homes and I felt like I was ready for the challenge. And so I, I um, listened to what they were wanting and they wanted somebody to play the ukulele, which I do play the ukulele and I teach the ukulele. But he he had, this man who died had a specific love of Hawaiian music. I didn't really know any traditional Hawaiian music. I'd worked on a little bit. and uh, But I, I was honest and I said, well, I don't specialize in Hawaiian music, but I could, you know, learn a, a tune or two. Um, and then I, I can play in a Hawaiian type style. Now, of course, don't say that to any um, traditional Hawaiian people I know, but... Um, I wanted to be able to show up and do it. And so I practiced. I um, I practiced the song Aloha Oi, which is a beautiful song by the Queen, Queen Lily. I can't pronounce her last name, but she was the one that the ukulele was originally gifted to. And she composed music. And this was one of the beautiful songs, Aloha Oi. And I listened and I practiced that song. And there was another one called Beautiful Kauai. And I practiced that one as well. And I thought, well, it's good enough. I'm, I'm the background music, I guess, at this, at this event. And so I was preparing and I had a good week until I was scheduled to go for a mammogram. And I had never had one before. I'm 46 years old, and I was hesitant about it. Um, I've heard controversial things about it, but I um, was, it, it just felt like it was time to do it. I didn't have any issues, but it felt like it was time to do it. So I went in and um, I had the mammogram. And they had told me that, and many women may relate to this, but that my tissue is dense in, in my breast, and so I may be called back um, so they can take a deeper look. So I thought, okay, well, that's okay. I, you know, I appreciated how kind the tech was. Susie was her name at um, Galita, um, at um, the Patterson um, Hospital there. And um, I was... Um, I was, you know, I, I did get called in a couple days later and, um, but it was for my left breast. And so I was thinking, well, aren't they going to do both of them? They didn't say anything about it being dense. So this was on Friday 
and and I went in I was able to get in and I thought well I'm not going to find anything out until the beginning of next week and so I'm going to have to sit with this uncertainty and I um so I went there and they did the x-ray and they showed me the tech there um Kristen was her name. Uh, everybody there was just so wonderful. But anyway, she showed me the the lines of calcium um, in my left breast, and so I saw that, and um, which in and of itself is nothing to be alarmed of, but um, but there is a chance that it could be something else. So the doctor came in, really nice doctor, Doctor Plum. Plume or Plum, I believe, and he shared with me about the experience and, um, you know, his recommendation. And so he, you know, he said that there's a 97% chance that sure certainty that it's not, that it is benign, but there's a 3% chance that there's something that could be going on there. So they suggested to sit and watch it rather than jump into some early treatment or, you know, anything like that. And so, or biopsy it. So it suggested to come back in six months. Well, I was tremendously grateful to everybody there at, um, at the, the hospital. Everybody was just so wonderful. And, um, they were, um, I was just tremendously grateful. I felt like they were caring and kind and supportive and giving me information. And I've never seen the inside of my breasts before. I was like, wow, this is what goes on and goes on for millions, millions of women. I mean, it just, it really helped me to connect in at a deeper level of what so many people uh, go through. And, and I played at a memorial the week before for a woman who uh, died of cancer and it initially started as breast cancer. So it's, it, you know, it's a phenomenon like COVID that we're all dealing with. We're all facing our mortality these days. It's, it's just right in our face. So anyway, I was grateful. I called my mom right away and talked with my stepdad who is a retired doctor himself. And he was so happy to hear the news, um, that, you know, that's what he would have done too. And, uh, so anyway, I came back, had a really, uh, a nice gathering that night, although I still was sitting with all of this stuff, just sitting with this, you know, all of just that transpired. And then I had this gig the next day and, um, so we stayed out a little bit later at the party, um, ate a little bit more sugar than I, I would have liked to eat, especially hearing, you know, getting this information, like feeling a, a commitment to health is really essential right now, um, even more so that putting what what I put in my body, the thoughts that I have, um, and when I um, did an interview, uh, and I talk about it often, uh, with a woman who had, was diagnosed with terminal cancer and just, you know, and, and music came to her through that, um, you know, after that diagnosis, she just, you know, her whole vibration changed and she's doing great now. Actually, I think I'm going to have her on for another podcast as I begin to open this up again. But anyway, so I went to the gig and, um, I was feeling a lot of deep emotion coming up in me. I was feeling very fragile. I was feeling very uncertain. 
And I finally found it. It wasn't really clear. It was supposed to be at Shoreline Park. And it was just unclear to me exactly where I was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be amplified. I was supposed to play the ukulele, but it wasn't allowed to be amplified. But I brought an amplifier anyway with batteries. And um, and they had said there would be a chair for me, but all they had were lawn chairs. And so I... I even though I had gone there a week ahead of time, I just didn't set myself up for success. I came there and there were tons of people already there and she's like, oh, you know, welcome, set up wherever you want. So there were people talking and I was just right up against that anxiety again. And I, you know, I attempted, I, I plugged in and I attempted, um, you know, to play some songs but I did not introduce myself. I just hid out among the garbage cans. And the thing was, the event was lovely. It was a, it was joyful. It was a Hawaiian theme. And, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect. So those expectations, you know, oh, I'm supposed to play Hawaiian music and thinking it's a memorial, that it's going to be a somber experience at some level. Well, it was just kind of blown out of the water. And so I sat down in this lawn chair and my loving partner, a partner in love and life, Miguel was so supportive and sat right next to me and the wind was blowing. And so the pages were flipping and I was just not in my power. I was just not prepared to shine my light that day. So I played a little bit. I did the best that I could. I sang a little bit. I took a lot of breaks. And at one point I stopped and I went over to the wife of the woman who, um, it was his memorial. And I just said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just don't think that I'm equipped today to do this. And she said, she looked at me and she said, well, I can hear you. It's, it sounds nice, you know, and that was her response. And I thought, well, here's an indication of myself, me going through a whole whirlwind of emotions that may not be exactly what's going on in the outside. I mean, definitely by far not my best gig. And, um, but you know, maybe enough, enough. Um, and so I went back and I went back and I played a little bit more and, um, but I still found it really hard. And I just had this really deep, dark emotion and this voice saying, you know, you don't belong here. You don't, you know, I mean, just negative things. And so at one point they asked to borrow my microphone to speak about the memorial, um, which I was totally willing to do. And I felt like, gosh, if this was the only gift that I brought was the microphone today, that's enough. And so they did. And they spoke about this man, um, Mac, and he just sounded like a wonderful individual, very comical, and um, just a delightful soul that touched so many people's lives. He had a sense of humor that was reminded me of my dad, a very comical figure, and I loved hearing the stories by his daughter and number of friends, neighbors, and it just was very heartwarming and I just put myself in the listening mode and funny I, I thought about getting up and saying something but I just thought well what was I gonna say I'm just a bystander but I think that's part of the mistake we make thinking that when we show up anywhere that we're just a bystander um, probably good I didn't speak but recognizing that there is a reason that we are all called even though we our reason may not be exactly what we anticipate or expect it to be at the moment. So anyway, got to the point, I kind of 
struggled through it and um, they were starting to clean up the tables and um, and I figured, well, it was time to go and I wanted to say goodbye to the wife of Mac, um, but she was knee deep in conversation and I, so we put things away and um, at that point I was supposed to get payment and I decided just, just to leave. I just decided to leave. Now, you know, fight fight or freeze or flee, I think are those, you know, those are the three ways of, of coping with trauma, right? And this was definitely trauma. I was experiencing trauma and fear in my body from this experience this week um, that had a real impact on me and really could be nothing in the scheme of things, or it could be something, um, you know, to deal with in terms of health, health conditions. But nonetheless, I left. I left without payment and without goodbye. And I, you know, I, I left with a heaviness in my heart and um, some tears and some fear of disappointing um, my friend and my colleague, uh, Ezran, and who had invited me to do this gig. And he knows of my musical skills and he knows about my ability to heal and vibrational work with music. So, um, but, you know, nonetheless, I felt like it was a disappointment. And um, um, so what I learned from that experience is that we need to be clear, um, clear with ourselves and clear with others when we are going to shine our light out in the world. I thought before that, you know, just showing up was enough. And maybe it was at the point that I was showing up. Maybe it was enough to show up. And maybe at certain situations, it's enough to show up at parties, perhaps, um, you know, whatever. But when you are called to hold your light and there's a specific request to be really clear about the way that you hold your light. And I've never had this awareness before, but the way that I hold my healing light is musically. I hold it musically, but I am, I love to sing. I love to play music but I need to feel emotionally safe to do that. And so I'm not a solo artist and I'm not background music. I am somebody who is going to come there and I'm going to talk myself through the experience and I'm going to invite others to join in with that because through that communal experience, we will alchemize. I will heal and everyone else, if they were open to receiving the shift in vibration, we will shift together. And so Emily, the songbird is a healing vehicle for musical expression through songs, most preferably original songs, but open to playing songs that align with the audience and the whole, you know, the generation, the the senior homes. I have a whole booklet for senior homes. And, um, but I cannot nor do I want to step into roles where I am showing up and just, you know, trying to match what I think other people want me to be. And I, I think that's a great lesson in life, not just in performing. It just is to be clear about who we are and what our intentions are when we go out into the world. 
And so I would invite you to, um, you know, if you are an empath, a sensitive person, a light worker, whatever you may call yourself, a budding musician, a, you know, somebody who's in the place where I'm just stepping out on the frontier of getting myself out there and shining my light musically, then I, I would invite you to get clear about that and be really honest um, when you are with others who invite you, and especially if there's pay involved, right? Like that, I felt like it was enough in my experience to walk away um, without payment and without any explanation, although maybe I will send this um, podcast to Susie um, and Ezron and the people that invited me. Marilyn um, was another woman. So at least that they maybe can understand where I'm coming from. And um, issues around our health and our body are really important. I'm highly sensitive. So this you know experience with my, my breasts and this information that I received, although not cancer and although not terminal, um, really had an impact on me emotionally. And I got scared. I got really scared and really timid and really fragile. So I'm asking for the forgiveness of those who I may have disappointed. I'm asking for the compassion for those that you know, were looking for some perhaps Hawaiian music that I wasn't able to provide. I'm asking for Max forgiveness that, you know, I I didn't show up with the kind of Hawaiian music that perhaps he enjoyed or would have liked at that final event. Um, but I'm showing up now. I'm showing up authentically. I'm showing up honestly. And I'm showing up with an intention for deeper healing for deeper healing for myself, for deeper love and self-compassion, for a deeper wisdom and understanding of who I am and how I operate in this world. I do hold a great light and I do have skills musically. I am able to perform. Um, but in this particular circumstance, I was not able to move beyond that fear. So I'm um, asking for for forgiveness for myself that I did not show up in a way that I was able to celebrate because I think this this um, experience was really a celebration for Mac and everybody who loved him and um, so you know the, the takeaway for me is get clear and be honest and don't try to be something that you're not and don't try to put expectations on yourself to be something that you think other people want you to be. Your job is to be you and to, you know, to let that vessel and for me being me is being a vessel of love and light and I can't have that controlled. I can't have it controlled in my mind or from others outside of me of what that um, really needs to look like. I need to have a certain freedom to be able to move about my musical and creative space, to draw upon whatever instruments, you know, if it's the guitar, the ukulele, or the piano, or singing a cappella, or inviting others to sing, or speaking, or being quiet. But I need that freedom. I need to give myself that permission, and anybody who wants me to come on board, they need to know because 
I'm not, I am not a typical performer. I am a teacher and I am a seeker and a healer along the path. And I hold great healing energy um, through, you know, through music. I do. I hold a deep uh, healing capacity, but I need to set myself up um, emotionally to be able to express that. So I hope that this was helpful in some way and, and maybe it was most helpful for me, but I would like to share it and offer it to um, others that I may perhaps um, owe an explanation to in a way and maybe they won't get it and maybe it won't matter, but I really want to, um, I want to give the message that it's so important in the healing of our body in the healing of our uh, healing path that we move through life with a, a love for ourselves and an honoring of the wholeness of who we are and then creating um, a safe enough path so that we can move out into the world and express the light and love of who we are. This is Emily the Songbird signing off and taking flight and wishing you a magical and musical day. Namaste.